welcome aboard Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And uh, boy, oh boy. Well, you might notice a slight uptick in uh, sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get used to it. Uh, we're starting a new uh, uh, tradition here on Battleship Pretension. We the, sure are. The guest episode. That's right. Uh, so let's, uh, well, let's get right to that. Okay. Uh, now, uh, those of you who are loyal listeners uh, know that uh, from the first... In the first few episodes, David and I uh, had a, a very strange emotional thing going on. Embarrassing. Where, embarrassing, you could say. Uh, thing going on where David got to meet Jimmy Pardo, <laughs> and I was very jealous of him and hated him for a couple of weeks, in, in fact. And um, that is because uh, there is a podcast out there that uh, some of you uh, may listen to already. It's called Never Not Funny. And uh, I would uh, venture to say it's a great podcast. It's hosted by uh, a comedian named Jimmy Pardo that David and I have liked for a number of years. And mm-hmm. um, I would venture to say, David, Go that, ahead, uh, 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 don't worry. <laughs> don't you roll your eyes at me. <laughs> um, anyway, that, um, it was that it was that show that uh, kind of inspired me to um, inspired me to come up with an idea for a podcast. And of right. course, there was no question who the co-host would be. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, and it's, it's a great podcast and, uh, very influential on us and, and yeah. our style. And so, uh, uh we the have, producer of that podcast. we have the producer of that podcast. <laughs> just, Sorry. just when everybody's going, Oh my God, they got Jimmy Pardo. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we've got, well, I like to think we've, we got, you know, the, the brains behind the podcast. Right. The, you know. D- don't worry. The episode description will say Tyler and David sit down with Matt. Oh, okay. No, no, <laughs> no. No, it's, you know, Pardo's not for another, you know, few weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll um, but yeah, so, uh, so we have, uh, we have Matt Belknap, producer of Never Not Funny. How's it going, Matt? Hello. Good to see you guys. All right. So, David? Um, well, Matt is also the founder of uh, AspecialThing.com yep. and AST Records, which uh, both are sort of, uh, AspecialThing.com is sort of, how would you describe it? Like a, a hub for uh, it's a an, it, certain comedic taste? Yeah, it's, a, it's an online community for hardcore comedy nerds. That's how I describe <laughs> yeah. it usually. Uh, it's for people who you know loved Mr. Show and, and right. love people like Patton Oswalt and uh, Paul F. Tompkins and that, that kind of style of comedy. Uh, and, uh, and, and comedians like Patton Oswalt and Paul F. Tompkins also contribute. They, they, uh, are members of the site and discuss, uh, comedy with the fa- with their fans really. And, uh, so the, and the record label grew out of that. It's just, we wanted to, my partner Ryan and I wanted to, um, you know, capture some of the great stuff that was happening in the LA, uh, scene, the comedy scene here. And so we decided to record people and put out some CDs. That's yeah. what we're doing. Let's talk for a second about the the current comedy scene here, because okay. I mean, uh, I'm sort of new to it, coming from from St. Louis, a place mm-hmm. that doesn't really have much of a comedy scene. The funny people, like the select the Square Brothers, <laughs> yeah, come here. Leaves. They leave, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sort of uh, maybe over the, over the past, maybe not even a year, have sort of uh, I don't know worked my way into uh, the comedy scene by going to shows three or four times a week. Yeah, a lot. And it it seems like again. Coming from St. Louis, I don't have much of a frame of reference, but it seems like the scene is in a really good place right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy how much talent there is, uh, just concentrated. I mean, obviously, a lot of people come to LA to mm-hmm. you know make a living uh, as entertainers, as you know comedians, performers, actors, whatever. So there's a lot of people you know just here, and and I think what makes the scene great is that there's uh, those people. 
you know go out and audition all day and they 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 do what they can to to make a living but they still need a an outlet for their mm-hmm. you know creativity and and the funny ones tend to use you know the places like the UCB theater to uh you know to to keep uh sharp uh, you know comedically yeah. and and so all these really talented people who you know maybe don't tour anymore if they were ever road comics um still come out and they'll do a show like comedy death ray and uh so you get to see really amazing people who um you probably wouldn't see anywhere else and and then there's this whole new generation of of people who are sort of inspired by the by the sarah silvermans and the Patton oswalt's and the david crosses and and then those people uh, are sort of making a name for themselves uh just in la now and and starting to you know build careers for themselves too so so Another thing I, I mean uh, that's great about the scene right now is because it's so uh, <laughs> uh, all connotations aside, so lousy with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cheap to see comedy. It uh, sure is, which um, is part of uh, why I was so uh, eager to. <laughs> well, yeah, why this has taken the place of movies for. Uh, right. for us. <laughs> you live within walking distance of the UCB, right? Yeah, so I'm there. And usually. and you, I book a, a free show on Tuesdays called See Next Tuesday that. You're, uh, you probably come almost every week, I'd say. Yeah. And, and now, it, see you next Tuesday. That means cunt, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did not name the show, and I'm not. I do not support that uh, acronym. <laughs> I call it SINT, S Y N T. But um, yeah, it's uh, Scott Ackerman and B J Porter who who run Death Ray, um, and were uh, they were on Mr. Show and uh, done a lot of cool stuff in comedy. They uh, when they moved to the UCB, when they moved Comedy Death Ray to the UCB, they were looking to you know the the theater was wondering if they if they wanted to do like a late show mm-hmm. of it and uh, and they asked me to to sort of book it for them and and so yeah it's it's like to me it's, it's fun because there there isn't a lot of pressure it's free and you know uh it just gives comics a chance to work stuff out and try things you know that they might not do on a bigger show with a packed crowd uh although our, our crowds have been getting pretty good I've noticed that yeah. actually and I was going to say um and again you know I've only been going for the past eight months or so and it seems like even in that time see next tuesday and i think because maybe because see comedy death ray has become uh so much more of an institution yeah that see next tuesday is almost uh in a way replaced what comedy death ray was earlier well we're benefiting from their success definitely yeah. because i think it's it's so popular it sells out like in 10 minutes every week mm-hmm. and and they get you know such great people like you know bob odenkirk is there a lot and um Sarah's there and Louis C.K. And so it's like, you know, it's sometimes hard to get in. And uh, sometimes I think people go, well, if I can't get in, I'll just go to see you next Tuesday. Yeah. And it won't be as good, but it'll still be <laughs> it'll be something. Uh, it'll be an hour and 15 minutes of solid entertainment, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I do say so myself. <laughs> well, I remember my, my introduction to the UCB was uh, back in... Uh, January, my when my wife and I first moved here from Chicago, and David said, "Hey, let's go to this thing called See You Next Tuesday." Matt Belknap uh, kind of runs it, and I said, "Yeah, sure, let's give it a shot." And it was, it just happened to be a really great lineup. I think that was the that was the night when uh, Sparky Pop. Oh yeah, it was like her birthday or something. Uh, oh like yeah, that. yeah, that was the your first. Yeah, yeah. and it was great. It was a great lineup, and and I was like, that "Man, was so this is it always out. this good?" And, <laughs> the and, answer uh, is no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Frequently, yes. <laughs> Occasionally, there's just, you know, and, and that was actually kind of a question that I had. Like, you know, there are, hopefully hopefully you don't take this personally, on, mm-hmm. on See You Next Tuesday, there there will be some acts that you're just like, you watch and you're like, how did this person end up on any stage <laughs> yeah. doing anything? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you do have that, 
any any I think any comedy fan has a realization where it's like, well, I'm funnier than that prick, <laughs> and just like you know, and like mm-hmm. like I, I frequently joke with David, I've got my little ten minute set that I will never perform mm-hmm. um, because I have no faith in it. Yeah. But uh, but some somehow because I have it, I'm still like. I'm funnier than that guy. <laughs> I got my 10 minute set that I'll never do. Right. Um, but like, how do those, you know, how do those people, how do you go about like finding the people to, to book on see you next Tuesday? It's, uh, you know, a lot of them come to me mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the purposes of the show is to, uh, find new talent, mm-hmm. you know, death ray, it was pretty much established acts and, and see you next Tuesday is meant to be more, uh, you know, new people. Right. And so, you know, we, we do take chances with, you know, somebody who maybe isn't ready. Uh, but yeah. you know, it's, it's worth trying. It's worth, you know, seeing. And, and if people, you know, I probably shouldn't admit this <laughs> public forum, but if people, <laughs> bug that public. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if people bug me enough, uh, it, they will probably, you know, get on, uh, eventually. And so, it's it, but it's people who do open mics in town and and know other comics who you know. It, there's sort of a there's some sort of a system in place where if you know people, you can probably get recommended to get on. But uh, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do, well, there was a, for for the first two years that we did the show. It's it's now a little over two years old. Um, we were really trying to stay out of death ray's way we didn't want to mm-hmm. book saint you know we the big names that death ray gets we weren't really allowed to or when i say we i mean me <laughs> it doesn't make any sense because it was really scott and bj who who sort of felt like let's not let's let's make it something different which i agreed with but um when you take out those big names uh you're sort of left with a pool of people who a lot of whom are good mm-hmm. um and maybe just aren't big yet and then you still have to fill in some holes. And so this formula sort of evolved into one or two people that, you know, might be iffy yeah. and then, uh, one or two people who are solid and then hopefully one person who's, who's really solid. Um, and you know, now it's, we're kind of opening it up a little bit because I don't think Scott is, is as concerned about, you know, overlap. Uh, so he sort of said, he kind of gave me the green light to just book whoever. And, and so, there might be a few more, you know, you might see a few more instances of a Paul F. Tompkins uh, on the show or Doug Benson or, you know, people who probably before I would have said, eh, I don't want to step on toes by right. booking them because they're going to be on death ray in two weeks anyway. So <laughs> why bother? But, you know, given that it's a different crowd coming in every week for, for that show, whereas we used to think maybe people would stick around for both um, because that would, but that's yeah. to me insane <laughs> to say, to stay that long, but well, you've done it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I probably would have done it too a few years ago. I mean, I, st- I started out as sort of doing what you did, but with death ray when, when it started, I, you know, I would, it was near my place and I would just mm-hmm. go every week and, uh, got really into it. And, and this a special thing already existed, but it was more based. It was a tenacious D right. fan site at first. And, it sort of evolved into what it is now because I was going to all those shows and, yeah. and seeing all these great comics who, you know, hadn't really been um, doing other stuff. Like, you know, that was really their only outlet uh, as they tried to, yeah. you know, make a living. Well, hopefully the the big names coming to see you next Tuesday. Hopefully that won't uh, keep the the sort of up and comers from 
getting those slots. Yes. No, no. We're yeah, we're we're determined to um, have bad comics on it, at least <laughs> as but much think, as possible. I mean, there's a lot of people that I've seen that I've since seen elsewhere at, at Comedy Death Ray or yeah. other shows that I first saw at, at CNX Tuesday, like uh, uh, probably Matt Bronger and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and Mookie Blake Lock, like yep. people that I really uh, like now. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the that's the idea is to is to find people. Um, you know, every every once in a while, one of those people who we don't really know, um, they do see next Tuesday and they're great. And then Scott books them on CDR, and then you know they go from there. But uh, that's always the goal is to is to find people who are ready for that and uh, and give them that shot. And and then we'll have them back. You know, like we Matt's on all the time, and and uh, Harris Whittles and yeah. Raj Desai. There there's some really funny people who. Uh, aren't huge by any means, but they've certainly impressed, you know, a lot of people just within the comedy scene. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, a special thing dot com. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. We talked about CNX Tuesday. Let's talk about yeah. a special thing dot com. How uh, how did that start? It started as, like I said, a Tenacious D um, message board because the the official Tenacious D message board was on SonyMusic.com and it was the worst message board ever. Just in terms of <laughs> Like technically, the way it worked was terrible, but also like it because it was Sony Music, it drew a lot of riffraff and annoying people. So we, I just thought, we, let's maybe we could make a better site, and and I sort of drew some people who were into the band to the um, to a special thing, and and I would write the 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 way that it sort of evolved was that I would write recaps of their shows for fans in other areas, and. Um, they would, uh, you know, they'd be long and, and uh, probably too long. <laughs> and, uh, and, and when I started going to Death Ray, I would just did the same thing. I would just start writing recaps of describing, you know, who went up, what jokes they did or, you know, what I thought of them. And it became sort of this little thing within comedy that, you know, then comics started referencing me or referencing the recaps in their acts uh <laughs> like uh, my screen name was sasquatch and they would say like uh like where is sasquatch here and like actually andy kindler called me out one night which was very exciting for a yeah. comedy nerd to, to experience <laughs> um and and so i guess all the comics found it by googling themselves or or, or scott would tell them about it because scott would advertise the shows on ast and um and then that just sort of snowballed when all these just as the scene has has evolved all, with all these new shows popping up all over LA because it really used to just be Largo and and then Death Ray came along but it wasn't there wasn't a lot of places to see this kind of comedy um, and now it's like everywhere you can yeah. like every night of the week you could find a, a good show to go to but as those shows popped up people would use AST to promote them and and some of these younger comics who were just starting out like you know like a uh, Josh Fadum, uh, Chad Fogland, um, like that. Those guys would be, they were members of the site just because yeah. this is, this was the stuff they were interested in. And so it just sort of merged, like the fans and the comics just kind of merged. And, and, uh, it's now it's just like a place that people go to talk about the stuff they like, you know, comedy that they like and, and other things and, and, and anything. And John from Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah, I think, well, you and I got into a heated debate uh, over big love. Uh, oh, yes, we ago. did. Yes, we did. Oh boy. Let's not get into that. This is supposed yeah. to be about movies. I, I should, uh, maybe we should uh, go ahead and do that then. Well, I, first I, I was, uh, before we get into movies, uh, okay. that exist, I was curious about uh, something else. Now you are, uh, along with uh, doing, you know, CNX Tuesday and, and mm-hmm. a special thing and all that, um, you also read scripts for yeah. a living. Um, yep. 
Movie scripts. Movie scripts, it's indeed. Movie yes, that, that's right. Right. That's that right. Is good segue. <laughs> no, uh, no one man shows here. Um, <laughs> but uh, now, how did you? Um, now, I mean, you uh, script consultant is kind of the, the the official title. What does that mm-hmm. involve? Do you do you basically just read, or do you also just say, "Hey, here's some changes that might." You know. I do both. Uh, okay. It's the 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 basic job is reading submissions and and writing a synopsis of it. it okay. It's it's really the gatekeeper role of of any production company to okay. the to to stop stop the flood of, of yeah. content coming in. Uh, you know, I sort of am supposed to weed out the the um, the bad stuff, but. Uh, so the basic job is you read a submission, you write a synopsis, and you write a page of comments mm-hmm. just saying why it's good or why it's bad. Yeah. But then uh, the other thing I do is uh, is read the projects that are being developed um, and give notes on the the uh, direction of the you know the, the rewrites. I, I read every draft that that comes in and and mark the changes and and uh, and give my notes on you know how it's improving, whether it's you know how to how to continue to make it better so and then and i you know often talk to executives on the phone about the same stuff like just you know where something's at and and uh and what we can do to to sort of help it along so now of these of the scripts that you read what what percentage would you say are uh just um very bad uh you know i i i read less and less of that type of thing because i'm more and more involved in development mm-hmm. but um when i was reading you know five submissions a week uh, it was you know 90 percent bad probably okay um yeah it's, I... it's, depre- it's a depressing uh <laughs> figure i started I, I had a lot more questions about this yeah and then just last week, I started uh, interning at Universal, mm-hmm. and I was reading scripts. Mm-hmm. And I, wow! And the first one I read, I, I, I was like, "Wait, is this what Matt Belknap does? Just read this <laughs> <laughs> every day, all week? Like, good lord! No wonder you found something else to do." You got, yeah, yeah. You know, and we can talk about that too. It's it's when I was. Thinking about doing the, your show, I, I was thinking about how I really you were considering it. <laughs> right when my agent called me and said, "Look, you've been offered this uh, sweet thing," and I, I had to, I had to, you know, actually took a few days off and went down to Mexico to think about it. <laughs> um, but, um, but I was thinking how I used to be because I, you know, I've listened to your show a few times, and I used to be a, like you guys. I used to be a, a film geek, and I think. My job. Well, that you call yourself. Yes, absolutely. Um, Sounds different different coming from other people. (laughs) It's not derogatory. (laughs) Um, It's just it's a general term. That's that's our N word. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay for us to use. I'm one of you. I can use it too. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, I I I think that my my work has almost beaten it out of me in a way because I got to a point where. um, I just needed like if if your job is movies, you have to. It can't really be your hobby. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to sort of find something to to get away from movies. And also, you know, when I would go to movies, it's hard to you know still it's hard to turn that switch off. The critical part of of yeah. you know my brain yeah. that that I use for work. It's hard to to just put that aside and and just enjoy something that might not be great. You know, like yeah. I, I get I de- I definitely get hung up on on story points and and stuff. Uh, which is which sucks, but I mean, it yeah. bums me out that that happened. But I, I you know, I, I went into the the work because I wanted to be better. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a writer too, and and I wanted to develop my writing. And I felt like 
this is the best way to do it is to like really understand scripts deeply and I think uh, a similar thing happened to me when I first moved out here and I I do PA work and I've worked mm-hmm. on a couple of big uh, studio pictures and, Beowulf uh, coming out in November <laughs> yeah I worked on Beowulf um, right and um, I sort of in the same sense I became so disillusioned with the way that movies are made mm-hmm. you know and like because I was there all day every day and I didn't really see art taking place in yeah. any sense and I think the way that I dealt with that A going to comedy shows and B I started going to more uh, like super art house mm-hmm. or foreign or a lot of I go to a lot of like revival type stuff you know I go to the the Egyptian and, and see stuff you know from, from 50, 60 years ago yeah. which they yeah. always have a good uh, program there I just the other day this is cool so I'm going to mention it <laughs> I went to see they did a triple feature of Hammer films from the 60s um the first one was These Are the Damned, and uh, uh, surprise uh, guest uh, Joe Dante came out and, and introduced the film. And nice. Joe Dante is, for me, like top five favorite directors of all time. Yeah, cool. So um, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is an interesting thing. Like, uh, I mean, going to school kind of did that, but I mean, certainly even just the one week that I've been there, just like looking at like pre-production, just as as a you know film geek uh you almost wish that movies were just willed into existence because anytime <laughs> yeah. you know i mean anytime it anything is turned into a a business and mm-hmm. i don't mean that in a mean sense but just yeah. you know people do have to get paid for this and yeah. and so the best way to do that is to Go with certain types of, of projects and all that, and well, it's, it's just two things you don't want to see how they make sausages and movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love sausages. It's a good yeah. thing I didn't go into sausages because <laughs> then I would be on a sausage podcast, being like I just can't yeah. enjoy them anymore. I can't be a sausage geek anymore, like, like I was in high yeah, school. Yeah, it's like when I'm eating them, I can just taste every piece of the production line. It's weird. <laughs> there probably is a sausage podcast out there. We, yeah. I don't doubt it. In, in, a lot of. Once we started out, I've uh, I just became fascinated with the sheer number of podcasts, and and then there's a realization: it's like, oh, we're just one more of those. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) It's a little depressing. Um, Yeah, that's why I go to uh, see comedy at Tiger Lily a lot, Mm -hmm. and Natasha Leggero has a joke about population. Can we relax with the podcast? And every time she says it, I laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's really self-deprecating. <laughs> and then I go stand in the corner for a little bit. Uh, so, okay. Right, have we all gotten to know Matt Belknap? Now? Yes, I believe so. I would hope so. <laughs> so let's get into it, shall we? Uh, Matt, being a, uh, a comedy fan, running a comedy website, we are going to discuss uh, sort of uh, the canon of great film comedies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants to start it off? Oh, geez. Uh... Okay, I can start it off. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you guys obviously aren't prepared. <laughs> I am. Re- I, have, I, don't I have my whole list in my I head. I don't have the notebook. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to repeat everything from our second episode. Knowing okay, full well, well I, none of our current listeners have heard the second yeah, episode. Our second episode. And don't was, listen to it, by the way, listeners. <laughs> but, yeah, the difference is our second episode was sort of about uh, very much the state of modern film comedy. That's true. And That's true. A, a lot of us, pretty much you and I, bitching about how what we don't like about a lot of it. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later on. We don't I'm all for ourselves. But if you do have a list, go ahead. I mean, I'll start, I'll start it off. If you want to get away from modern with one of my favorites, um, it happened one night. Yeah. That's on my list right yeah. here. Yeah. Fantastic. I didn't see it until, uh, I might've been in college, I guess, you know, I went to like, you got, you guys went to film school, right? Yeah. Um, and you get exposed to all sorts of stuff that you didn't yeah. think you wanted to see or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't believe how, it felt very contemporary to me, like yeah. just in the way that the dialogue is written. It felt almost this. I, I went to school in the early '90s when 
Tarantino was blowing up, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. was very exciting for everybody and um, my age, at least. Uh, it wasn't exciting for our professors who were like, you know, clearly felt like this guy is not as great as you all think he is. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I wasn't having it. But uh, anyway, it, I feel like a lot of the dialogue is very. Uh, not not explicitly Tarantino-esque, but they do sort of talk in a way that's that's very probably for the time very like almost shockingly um, real and like there are, are little like pop culture references here yeah. and there and and just kind of cool things that I was really into at that time and but just structurally it's the perfect romantic comedy I mean like it's it's basically what every other romantic comedy yeah. is modeling itself after rightfully so i mean it's it's great and awesome performances yeah. Yeah. alongside that i'd like to mention the philadelphia story which is probably my favorite romantic comedy mm-hmm. and it has a lot of those same traits it's from six years i think after it happened one night 34 and 40 if i'm not okay. mistaken but uh yeah I a lot like, of the same thing from that period i like the thin man myself um because i mean i guess it's not really a romantic it's not really a romantic comedy like it's a detective drama but it is considered a comedy because it's yeah. just so much fun and while it's not about a romance that's happening uh you and you and i have mentioned this before well, on I another think, episode i think the just, thin man is sort of one of those uh battleship retention canon movies that absolutely. probably come up more than more than any other movies <laughs> yeah I'm, i mean if all i know we need to do is mention a, a roger ebert review of the thin man and then <laughs> then i think i think we have to stop podcasting at that point yeah. because we've reached uh, our climax but um but yeah uh, the thin man really just that that's a movie i think I think that came out the same year as It Happened One Night. I believe so, yeah. Um, and uh, that one really just showed two people very much in love and their interaction. A lot of the humor came from just natural interaction yeah. of, like, two married people that love mm-hmm. each other. And well, have you seen The Thin Man? I haven't. I'm going to have to oh check it out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I think another thing. Don't pound on the table. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> no, that was, that was great. Dramatic effect. <laughs> I'll have to lend it to you or something. Another thing Please I like do. about The Thin Man is sort of the... Uh, uh, I'm not sure what the word is that I'm that I'm looking for. It's it, I wouldn't go so far as to call it malevolent, but it's got it's got a, a, a darker, a more a more a more pessimistic worldview in, in, yeah. in a sense, uh, or at least a sort of uh, cynical, like mm. sort of resigned sort of thing. You know, resigned to a life of drunkenness is okay. Like that's not. It is one of the movies people. that came out before Billy Wilder's Lost Weekend. That's like. <laughs> Drunkenness is fun. It's lots of fun. <laughs> Why are people hating on that? It's like the only the only way to stop the only way the only time it stops being fun is when you stop being drunk. So just keep drinking. Um, so yeah, now it was uh, a different time. <laughs> it sure was. So uh, so what else? Uh, what else do you have? Uh, well, we could go into a whole thing about like movies of that era, but I, 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 for me, you know, like the the I realized making my list in my head last night, I, I was. It, the, the my favorite movies, especially my favorite comedies, are really associated with periods in my life, which is probably mm-hmm. true for most people. Um, and the one that I watched more than any other, probably any other movie when I was a kid, because my dad bought a Betamax, and you know you had you couldn't rent, you had to buy a thing, yeah, buy for a like tape. a lot of money, yeah. So like we would buy like a one or two movies every year, probably, <laughs> and Did just watch them over a, and over. A CED player, you know those? No. They're like gigantic, like floppy disks they're like the size of an lp holy shit and i, I have I've one never, that doesn't work oh, i have wow. a whole stack of wow of cds i have like, <laughs> I have like the first three rocky movies and i got them all and my, my girlfriend actually got them all at a garage sale and i dying to get this thing to work i almost got trading places 
to work for like two seconds. <laughs> that wasn't the movie you were going to say. That, it, weirdly enough, that is exactly the movie oh, I was wow. going to say. That's freaky. Wow. When you said that, I was like, wait, did I already say it? <laughs> yeah, Trading Places. Wow. I, cool. I wore the tape out, man. It was, it's like, again, it's uh, like, I didn't know this as a kid, but after I started like studying screenwriting and, and doing that for a living, I realized like, like it happened one night it has a very classical structure to it that's mm-hmm. like re- really uh a great premise and and just they just knocked it out of the park like with not only you know you have eddie murphy in his comedic prime but yeah. you also have um you're giving him your this is what like you know in my work uh, i discuss all the time is like you have to give even like a great comic actor you still need to give them the opportunity to do what they do best and put them in situations and, and find organic ways of setting a story so that those things can happen without the audience going like, why is this? Ha-? Like you want to, you want to yeah. like set something up that's very simple and direct so that funny shit can happen for 90 to hundred minutes. Yeah. yeah. And trading places does that like to me as well as any movie, it's just like nonstop. Awesome. Well, and it's it, such a, go ahead. it's such a premise that, that can be done poorly. I mean, yeah. that's it's like, been done a million times. Yeah, before and, and after that film, and most of them just, just like, ugh. like you said. I mean, just any kind of it has an almost farcical element to it, and like yeah. any farce, you really it's just like, oh wow, the character finds himself in another situation that is beyond his control. Does any <laughs> character do anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, Trading Places really does it right. I think. Yeah. Um, well, it, and it's it's also John Landis in his prime. I think yeah. like yeah. just being really in tune with what's funny and and uh and in tune with what what his what he finds funny i mean that that's that's something that i think all the great film comedies have that pers- like a comic perspective that comes through very clearly and i th- yeah. think it was probably his because you see in the movies that he did in the in the late 70s and early 80s you see a lot of recurring things like he is obviously fascinated with black culture and yeah. feels like he's outside of it and and wants to explore it like in in uh you know Animal House they go to the the yeah. the blues club uh and Blues Brothers is nothing but ripping off right. black musical yeah. culture but uh but trading places it was you know it's it's really it's about the experiment of it, it they they say it's about what if you switched a poor guy with a rich guy but it's also what if you switched a black guy with a white guy yeah. and uh and right at the beginning of when hip hop culture was starting to penetrate the mainstream and, and Eddie Murphy kind of embodies that in some ways. Um, and just a, a jive talking cool guy <laughs> who like, he's a, he's a homeless guy and yet he's the coolest guy in the whole movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. which is <laughs> so weird. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, uh, if I hadn't watched it a hundred times as a kid, maybe I wouldn't have such a connection with it, but, yeah. but, uh, that was the case. And it just, you know, I, I watch it all the time and, well, let me let me fast forward to uh, the present day here, mm-hmm. and uh, well, you're talking about um, having an actual story and yeah. sort of a backbone, and, and that and, comes from characters doing yeah, something, and, and yeah. tying the comedy to that, and actually yeah. treating the story itself with respect. Uh, Tyler and I, saw, and I saw yesterday what I think is a new addition to the canon: Superbad. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Yes. And I, I think uh, if you were to go back and listen to episode two, if you <laughs> mad or anyone else, you would see one of the main problems that. We have even with movies that we I think think are funny, like Anchorman, is that there's sort of a uh, a cynical detachment uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, almost as if the movies are are too cool to care about yeah. story yeah. and character. Mm-hmm. And and so that, that that's one of the things, one of the many many things that I just loved about Superbad. Yeah, it. Uh, did you did you like Superbad? I I thought it was good. I felt a little bit on the outside of uh, who it was for. You know, I, I felt a like. This is the comedy nerd in me coming out, or the whatever the person who spends way too much time watching and analyzing, and you know, doing comedy, or I don't know, doing is the right word, but um, <laughs> immersed in comedy. Yeah, being immersed in comedy, I felt like a lot of the humor was was kind of easy. Um, but I know, like, I came out of it going, "That was good. That's a good execution of that genre." And uh, if I were 16 years old, it would be my favorite movie. There's no, no question about it. But I just being a a kind of uh you know curmudgeonly older <laughs> I'm, I'm 30 or whatever i'm 33 <laughs> but i feel like i'm i'm like definitely on the outside of some of that stuff just from seeing it a lot and and feeling like it's been done you know i i i love michael sarah i wanted more of the movie to be about michael sarah and uh-huh. and yeah. less to about the the b plot with with mclovin which i thought was you know you're not into the movie if you if you have issues with it being contrived because if you're if you're enjoying the shit out of it you don't care that it's yeah. contrived what these cops yeah. are doing but yeah. if you aren't fully immersed in it you are going to go eh, that's ridiculous and then yeah. and I, and I think Jonah Hill's is really talented too but I, I felt like his character was a little one note um, these are all my studio notes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dropping right. on whoever um, has to read my cover well, how, do, how do you mean easy easy meaning uh, like uh, swear like you know just like excessive swearing to to and and keep in mind that i think everybody does this but i'm always aware of the context i see a movie in and this is a movie that six months ago uh someone told me that they had seen a you know seen it and was like this is so great so funny and ever since then people have been saying how great and funny yeah. it is mm-hmm. uh before we started recording you we got we were all talking about idiocracy a little bit idiocracy every we all went in going oh this is this piece of shit that the studio didn't even want to release right right and then you enjoy it for what it is which is not a great movie that that has really funny stuff in it conversely when you go into super bad or when i went into super bad i was like all right super bad show me what you got <laughs> right you're so great everyone says you're the best let's see it and so like and i can't escape that i tried to turn that off but like i'm in a crowd of people in century city who are like there's a weird age group there was there were older people there like there were like people in their 60s and 70s in the theater which was <laughs> odd but they're mostly you know the, the the target audience for the movie and they loved everything they loved every moment of it and laughed and it's when you're kind of sitting on the outside of that going like really is it that funny to just say cock or fuck you know that much like well, i don't um, know you can you can rebut that please do well, I did, I, uh, it's been said uh i'm not sure if i heard it in never not funny or or what but i've heard um comedians talk about the idea that uh it's not saying funny things as much as, as it is saying things funny mm-hmm. yeah. and so i think when you've got a talented cast like that yeah like i'm not going to give away anything of the movie but my favorite of seth rogan's lines he says he's the fastest kid alive and yeah. i laughed so That's, fucking hard it's just, like a, it's just yeah. a dumb line but uh yeah he's there, hilarious. there were like there were five things that made me laugh really hard and and but then you know my my, my standards are just ridiculously high because I expect a movie to make me laugh, you know, as m- much and as frequently. It's the same thing, but as hard and as frequently as like a comedy show. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's asking a lot. You know, yeah. I think it's very difficult to deliver that level and still tell a story. And that's yeah. the ultimate challenge to me. Like, that's what I've been sort of working over in my head for years is like, you know, part of the reason I got into, you know, comedy is like I wanted to learn how 
you know, how to do that and apply that to film because I think films so often set the bar low. They, they, they really don't, they, they, they only succeed in comparison to other comedy films. Whereas like in the, in comedy in general, you know, most comedy films might not, you know, they might not be all that funny compared to like, you could spend an hour and a half in, in a com, you know, in, at the UCB yeah. and laugh a lot more. And, and it's just, that's a, that's like a puzzle that I want to solve, you know, someday. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my goal to, to solve that puzzle. But yeah, the super, there was like five things that were so great in that movie. And, and, uh, I guess it's just like the question with a lot of Apatow things is like, and, and this is so hypocritical because on Never Not Funny, all we do is ad lib. We just talk yeah. mm-hmm. uh, extemporaneously and, and, and try to be funny off the cuff. But in a movie, it's almost like you've got to do more than just be funny off the cuff because you're, you're expending so much effort to, yeah, to, exactly. to create this thing. Like you better have more than just some like tossed off improv. Like you better like have some shit. We'll talk about another movie that I love that I think does this well, um, called flirting with disaster, but like mm-hmm. it better, it better be funny in its bones, you know, like every, yeah, yeah. every filmic element, like the, 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 the story should be funny even with, before we even go into it, just the idea yeah. should spark some comic, uh, you know, idea in everybody's head. And then what you do with it is great. So from a writing standpoint, it does seem that like a lot of movies, um, and my, maybe even super bad. Now I, I, I loved super bad. I liked it, uh, a lot. Uh, mm. It sounds like uh, perhaps a lot more than you, <laughs> but about as much as David. Yeah. So I'm right about. So I, I'd say we're uh, ganging up on you. But um, that's fine. Anyway, uh, but like there, um, this might actually be the case with that. Um, like if you were to look at the lines on the page, they might seem fairly unspectacular. Mm-hmm. But like I think the actors really brought a lot to it. And like Definitely. Jonah Hill, his character was one note, and he says some really outrageous things. And when I th- for some reason when I think of Jonah Hill, I always think of him in Forty um, Year Old Virgin, where he's very soft spoken and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And he can play that, but like to make those lines seem like somebody like something somebody would say, yeah, uh, he had to take the energy up a lot. And mm-hmm. I think, and he he sold he sold me on that. And yeah. like he also realized that this was not a really hundred percent likable character, and right. I think he acknowledged that as well. Um, however, I I feel like. Now, I know that you're a big fan of Little Miss Sunshine. Yes. I'm not going to go too far in that direction. <laughs> um, but uh, because if you were to listen back to uh, Episode 5, our overrated movies edition. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? Yes. Um, anyway, but um, but that's one where I thought the actors all did phenomenally. And mm-hmm. I think they elevated that script yeah. um, I agree to a that. level that uh, that it by itself wasn't really at. And mm-hmm. But I think a lot of movies do that. Like, um, wasn't there, I think... David, I think you played like an interview of Patton Oswalt in which he was talking about like relying too much on improv um, as opposed to a script. Oh, yeah, that was on the um, the Onion AV Club. Is that what it was? But that, that debate, I think, has been taking place uh, yeah. in a lot of, uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot especially of lately. places. I'm not against improv, by the way. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that's I think that's great. I just I feel like often it's it's being used as the sole source of of comedy uh in a movie when mm-hmm. to me like uh, I will use little miss sunshine since you brought it up I'll use right. that as an example I think there's great situational humor in that movie mm-hmm. that um even though it's not it, it's 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 creating uh it's 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 setting up situations where the funny things can happen mm-hmm. and it's it you know it's tired it's definitely uh you know, I think a lot of people's issue with that movie was that it was like 
uh, a mainstream comedy masquerading as an indie film. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I don't really care like if if I enjoy something or even if I don't, I actually don't necessarily care like what the 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 means of production were. You know, like yeah. it's either good or it's oh, yeah. not good. Yeah. You know, like uh, maybe it got away with a little. You know, yeah. it got away with some things because it was sort of hipster cool or something. And some of the, the, first, fact- uh, the first video store I ever worked at had uh, a section, like, you know, drama, comedy, indie was one of the sections, mm-hmm. and that bugged the <laughs> shit out of me, yeah. you know? Because, yeah, these movies still fit into these other categories. Yeah, yeah. Miss um, 45, that should go over in drama. Just yeah. because it wasn't backed by a studio doesn't mean right. that a drama lover wouldn't yeah, enjoy it's, it. Uh, and it cuts both ways, you know? Like, it doesn't do anybody... It doesn't do those indie films. Like they might, they might get some benefit by being labeled that way because yeah. people go, "Oh, this is cool and and edgy." But they also are sort of relegated to a ghetto, like at a yeah. video store. Yeah. Why, you know, Little Miss Sunshine should be in the comedy section yeah. because yeah. some people might not go into the indie section. Yeah. Um, and it probably is by now. I mean, it's I'm a sure, very yeah, successful movie. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna go. What's this weird thing? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm not ready for this craziness. <laughs> um, well, let's get uh, back to. Well, we said we were going to talk yes. about Sorry. Uh, some more For movies. God's sake. Matthew. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> can I call you Matthew? Matthew? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can, you'll be the first, but sure. <laughs> um, uh, I Like I mentioned uh, already, um, Flirting with Disaster was mm. one of my all-time favorites, too. I don't know if you guys are... Oh, yeah. It, it, a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, you haven't seen I, it? I haven't seen it. Okay, oh, please see oh, it. It's very good. Um, it's, um, it's David O. Russell. David o. Russell. Yeah. Second, his second film. Um it's Ben Stiller and Tay Leone uh, and uh, Patricia Arquette, and it's about a guy who's just Ben Stiller has just had his first child with his wife, and um, he's adopted, and he wants to. He feels like he needs to meet his birth parents before uh, he can name his son. So he goes on this cross country journey to find his. And there's misadventures along the way about. And and, and Tay Leone is the. Uh, the social worker, the the caseworker, that is, yeah. she's making a documentary or trying to make a documentary very badly about his his process, and then they get uh, they get involved uh, and sort of have an illicit uh, romance. It's it's like kind of <laughs> odd, but it's it's uh, again like it's it's just a, a great solid comedy premise that that opens the door for so many funny things to happen, and um, and the cast is great, but the the script to me is like such a a great example of how you can, um, you know, build comedy on just great characters and put them in situations like, you know, um, extenuating situations. Uh, and you know, Alan Alda and Lily Tomlin pop up, uh, they're awesome. And then his adopted parents are, um, who is it? Um, George Siegel and is it Mary Tyler Moore? Uh, yeah. And Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. And Mary Tyler Moore being, uh, really filthy and inappropriate in a way that is so awesome to see, uh, like a, an icon of television. Be, um, it's just yeah, it's it's so it's so funny. Like, so many great moments. But I, I don't want to spoil it for you now that you've said. But, but okay. and I, I know a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, it came out in '95, I think, and uh, didn't do particularly well. But um, but yeah, it's it's my favorite David O. Russell movie for sure. I mean, by far, <laughs> but, uh, also probably my, my favorite Ben Stiller movie. Um, it's my favorite thing of everybody who's in it <laughs> and was involved in making it. I'm trying to think of my favorite Ben Stiller movie would be, I don't know. I think I've grown up too much to like your friends and neighbors the way I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Neil Butte in general. I've sort of, yeah, like there's a guy to see through him. <laughs> yeah. Like, Neil Butte. Do, do you like people? Do you, do, do you, do you enjoy them? 
Yeah, he he uh, he does not. <laughs> yeah, that's a that is one of those ones where you kind of maybe outgrow it a little bit. Like at first, yeah. you're like, "This is so cool!" It's a, oh my god. Yeah. And you realize there are this guy's got movies balls. that are just like it that actually have some fondness for mm-hmm. humans. For yeah. for yeah, I mean that's what the aren't movies. Ninety nine percent of movies and, and probably a hundred percent of the ones I enjoy are you know about the human experience in yeah. one way or another and. If if all you're saying about the human experience is nah, I don't like <laughs> yeah. it. Like, I'm not sure how much I can get out of that. I movie. can take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when uh, you're in, if you're in high school and you are, I mean, I'm not trying to like to my own horn, but if you're like <laughs> maybe a little more intelligent than average, or you mm-hmm. feel like an outsider in that superior sort of way, that sort of point of view, it does seem like a worldview to you yeah. because all yeah. you know is your high school pretty much. Right. You start and with it, Clockwork Orange and then right. you uh, then you outgrow that. Mm. You go to Neil Butte and then you outgrow that and watch actual right. movies. It's the sort of same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing as, as punk rock, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's perfectly okay for a 16-year-old to be to listen to all punk rock all the time, but if you're 10 years on like your whole record collection is like Agnostic Front brass, <laughs> like grow up a little. They're all right, but So what else? Man uh, well, going following the Ben Stiller tangent, this isn't one of my favorite movies. Maybe I shouldn't even bring it up, but I, I do think at the time when uh, when there's something about Mary came out, that's actually on my. It list, was yeah. like, you know, mind blowingly funny. Like to to see it in a theater was so much fun because it was just yeah. like one of the very few times in my life have I experienced when people were just like it was deafeningly loud laughter. People were like screaming, crying, rolling, or you know, not literally rolling around, but like you know people were losing their shit over this movie. (laughs) Like it was like a totally different level as every other comedy. And it was one of those things, like I think when Borat came out, it had the same effect. And and I think some people are feeling that way about Superbad, which is, is awesome. It's cool. when people can to talk about the Farrelly brothers. Yeah. Let's talk about sort of the opposite of Neil Butte. I mean, uh, I'm certainly not the first person to point out that the Farrelly brothers are really great humanists, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as, as sort of crass as, as a lot of their comedy is, they have a really warm mm-hmm. worldview, and I really now remind me some of the stuff that they've that they've that they've done. Well, Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, um, I like Kingpin, uh, and they had a misstep with Shallow Hal and Me Myself and Irene, Me Myself and Irene, which I like, and then uh, the in my opinion underrated Stuck on You with Matt Damon. <laughs> Never and saw it. Never saw it. Which I think is excellent. Really funny. It. They're a great comic duo. But um, the, another thing that's not said about the Fairley Brothers, and not said about film comedy in general. The Fairley Brothers are, uh, and they're not pushing any boundaries, but they're good filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that um, in comedy, like another another uh, movie on my list here is Caddyshack, mm-hmm. uh, which everybody loves Caddyshack. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. But I think uh, there's something about comedy and film that if a movie is funny enough where uh, we sort of will let... Uh, Ease up our standards on mm-hmm. filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know, because Caddyshack is a, it's a pretty poorly made. <laughs> yeah, film, like know? a lot of those movies, the yeah. the, the SNL cast members yeah. from the eighties, like well, the focus was not on making great film. Like, one, one of Tyler and I's favorite, uh, probably guilty <laughs> pleasures, is uh, Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is uh, visually, aesthetically, just a pile of steam shit, is. except for the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> you and I had this discussion. Like it was like I forget who did the costumes, but she was like. Like a like an Oscar nominee or something, and she, she like in an interview she didn't know why she was brought onto this movie. But she's like, well, let's give it a shot. It's a very simple movie, so like every character is in like very is just in solid colors, uh-huh. like a solid blue, solid right. yellow, like 
almost approached it as in like a Dick Tracy type of way. Right. Um, Which they probably she probably should have gotten on the same page with the cinematographer and everybody else so that those horrible solid colors clash. Exactly. Which is she was putting more thought into it than everyone else combined combined, in the crew. Do you like that movie? I do. I think it's funny. Norm Macdonald. Yeah, Norm Macdonald. You know, I would watch him do pretty much anything. He's so funny. you know, it's truly, it's not a great movie, but there are laughs, you know, like we were saying about Idiocracy. Like, you can find great comedy in, in really bad movies all the time. Like, it's it's not, they aren't mutually exclusive at all. And and that's that's what's weird is that, you know, a lot of people will, like, like, uh, like Pootie Tang is a movie that yeah. I don't think is good, but I definitely think there are some hilarious Funny. things in yeah. it. Um and you know it's 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 a mess like idiocracy was like but you don't necessarily have to you know especially if you're watching something on video or just on cable like there's all these different you know venues for for comedy or for film uh and you know i think it's cool that people can find cool little moments and and yeah. and just enjoy movies for what you know the, for the positives that they offer and yeah. that's kind of that's kind of reassuring when you're approaching the task of like oh my god let me see if i can make you know write a movie or make a movie uh just remember you know even if it sucks someone might enjoy a little bit some yeah. part of it you know that, that's kind but, of and then but i think what happens is um with film geeks is there's a tendency to want to find comedies that are also very well made and and a movie like the big lebowski is very rare that you get that yeah that I was think on that's my why, list too. i think that's why i mean i'm stepping some toes here but uh a mid-rate comic writer like wes anderson ends up getting uh way too way more way more praise than he deserves well you said you went to film school during the quentin tarantino time yeah we went oh, during yeah. the wes anderson time right. so i've had my fucking fill yeah <laughs> right, I don't i'm not a, i'm not gonna Royal disagree Tenet bombs is good it's. I'd say it's the funniest of his movies, but I still don't think it's that great. Well, and I, I think it's by far the best. Gene Hagman's awesome. But um, I would say Rushmore. I, I had problems with Tannenbaum's, but to me, Rushmore was a great movie that had funny things in it. But it, you know, it's not really even a comedy, and you can't take it as that. Or maybe you can. I don't know. I, to me, I just see it as a great movie that with funny moments yeah. that gets pretty melancholy at points yeah. a lot of my favorite comedies uh you will find in the drama section of your local blockbuster yeah. <laughs> sideways eternal sunshine yeah you know yeah. that's a whole sub thing too that we could talk about like i was when i was talking went out to dinner with my wife last night and we were saying like what you know what am i gonna talk about or what what what, what movies would i list you know goodfellas is funny yeah. you know oh, like yeah, it's definitely. a funny movie yeah. and like my wife and i quote it like a, a good litmus test for a great movie comedy usually is like how much you quote it yeah. and like i try i still quote trading places all the time i quote um tommy boy all the time because yeah. it like came out like when i was in college i think or right after and uh and goodfellas like there's there are there are funny lines that I still yeah. quote that maybe aren't even funny the first time you watch it, but if you watch it a lot, like most people do, you find these weird, funny moments, like the when yeah. they're eating dinner with uh, with Joe Pesci's mom, and they hold up that yeah. painting. <laughs> Where the fuck did that painting come from? And then he's like, "Hey, this guy, this guy's looking over here, and this guy's saying, what? What do you want?' <laughs> like, he's not even saying anything. What is he talking about? It's like this bizarre, like, t- like that whole scene. Other than setting up the fact that they have to get a knife to cut this fucking body up to go bury it, which is awesome. Like, it's so great that they had the freedom to go, hey, let's just have a fun little comedy scene almost, you know, with with um, Scorsese's mom playing Joe Pesci's mom, who's great. (laughs) To to skew into TV for a second, I would say... uh I would probably I probably laughed more at Deadwood than a lot of oh, oh my god t- comedy like sitcoms yeah. that are on Deadwood absolutely was hilarious Deadwood is funny I think the Sopranos, the Sopranos is, is super funny, funny. Yeah, very funny The Wire not as funny <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go that far um, yeah but you can't you can't have something uh, I think 
especially as comedy lovers, I think even in a drama we look for a, a movie that's completely joyless will never be yeah, fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. You know? That's my, that it's a, another film geek debate that could rage forever is uh, Darren Aronofsky. I just oh. find his work so lacking in any sense of humor that's like it really drives me away. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of his. Okay. Um, I because the stuff that I and I think it's pro- probably just a personal thing, like the stuff that I look for in a movie, which is like strong acting, strong characters. Mm-hmm. He's like Requiem for a Dream, which is the movie everybody loves, but like yeah. um, that has really strong actors. But I feel mm-hmm. like his editing style almost undercuts that. And uh, I like Re- Requiem for a Dream. I like uh, Matthew Liebetik's cinematography mm-hmm. in that movie because that was before he decided to just start repeating himself and shooting every movie. Exactly it's the technically, same. yeah, technically uh, wonderful. Yeah. You know, like I think and all the is, acting is good. As yeah, well, but. yeah. There are so many levels where it works, but it, I think it just like you know, story wise, to me, everything in a movie is should be serving the story, and I just don't think the stories are worth serving. <laughs> like you know, a lot of the time he just buries the story in all this technical stuff. And you look at that versus like something like Train Spotting to go with like a drug you mm-hmm. know, type movie to that little genre, and like Train Spotting is so much more satisfying because you feel more invested in it. I think because of the yeah. characters and there's humor. Yeah, and there's, yeah. You know, like I was just that's funny you said that because I was just talking about that with someone the other day, like that especially with TV, I just like, if I don't, and, and I don't want to bring up big love, I don't want to get into the big love fight, but I find big love to be so humorless and, and so lame. I'm not on, seeing I a single think, episode. So I'm, I'm, I think in the second season they've, they've gotten, funnier. okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, I really need some humor in, mm-hmm. in my, in my TV. Like if there's nothing, uh, comedic happening in a drama, I probably won't stay. Like yeah. I, I, I won't keep watching it. Um, and that's like a weird thing. There are there are you know there are great very serious movies that I love that mm-hmm. that don't have humor in them. Um, but you know, for the most part, it's like that's such a big part of life. You know, like that yeah. it isn't like you know laughter is like this big part of of the human experience. And if you're missing that completely, it's going to be, I think, a little bit um, disappointing. That's a good note to end on, I think. You know, any, any other movies you uh, were dying to mention? Before we I had a bunch uh-huh. in my head. You know, When Harry Met Sally is another favorite of mine. Mm, yeah. um, another That's sort of like in the tradition of It Happened One Night, just great romantic uh, comedy. We, yeah. we could do, Tyler and I could probably do a whole podcast on romantic comedies. Cause I'm, Please I'm, do. I'm a big fan of the genre. <laughs> me too, uh, me too. Philadelphia Story, I mentioned American yeah. President, I think mm-hmm. is a very good oh, movie. Oh, great. Yeah, it went back when Aaron Sorkin was good at his job. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we forgot to mention Studio Sixty. Okay, well, you know what? That's, <laughs> I can't get into that. We've got it's too late. Yeah. All right. Well, um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, okay. You can, uh, where can where can where can people uh, find you on the internet? You can find life? you can find Never Not Funny at podcast.com, P-A-R-D-Cast dot com. You can find me uh, as Isos on a special thing.com that's in search of Sasquatch. And uh, that's pretty much it. Check out uh, AST Records. We got Paul Tompkins' debut CD yeah, is out right fun. now. Uh, Sklar Brothers' CD is coming out uh, in a month or two. And uh, Jen Kirkman, uh, there's a lot of good stuff. And, and your birthday's coming up, isn't it? Yes, it's the same Tuesday. Day as my girlfriend's birthday. That's oh wow! So yeah, happy yeah. birthday, Jen Kirkman and Teresa Roberts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which one is listening? That's the question. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess neither. Yeah, neither. Not fair enough. A couple months. Um, uh, and um, if you're in New York, I want to do this for a friend of mine. Uh, if you're in New York, the IFC Center is uh, starting on August 29th, uh, debuting uh, a film called Quiet City. That's uh, my friend shot uh, our friend shot, and it's uh, it's getting rave reviews all all across the world. Even 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 the Guardian. Oh my gosh! Review. So um, that's that's in England. 
No, on my end. <laughs> um, Check it out at theguardian.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, and Matt, thanks for being here. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, take it easy, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.